2: Welcome, this is Following On, uh, on Talk Sports 2, and via the Talk Sport Cricket YouTube channel. I'm John Norman, uh, and alongside Michelson, Patrick Hewitt, Jared Kimber, and uh, Steve Armisen, for the next 15-20 minutes or so. Looking back at another extraordinary game of 2020 cricket, not... That West Indies batted out 20 overs. Uh, England uh, with 267 for three. You probably know the score by now. You probably know what happened. The top lines are these Phil Salt hit the highest score in English T20 history 119. Um, Livingston and Butler both smashed 50s. And uh, England posted their high score in T20s. West Indies used seven bowlers. And Matthew Ford on debut game for 54 from his three. Uh, Shafane Rutherford 23 from his one uh, Jason Holder and Goodakesh uh, multi game for 55 apiece from their four when Indies came out to bat with Crickviz saying they had a 1% chance of winning they lost Brandon King first ball so they had less than a 1% chance of winning unless had already factored that in uh, they were never going to win and they didn't they were bowled out uh, in 15.3 overs uh, a lot of sixes a lot of laughter a lot of fun uh, Russell hit 50 uh, but essentially, uh, England have absolutely walloped them. So, 2-2 with one to play. This is what we want, I suppose. Uh, we're going to look back. We're going to look forward. And this is following on. Uh, Michelle, wow. You sit back. You watch West Indies win two games. And then you finally get a chance to commentate. And you've just seen West Indies get fail to protect 222. And uh, give up 267. Welcome to Talk Sport.
3: You know what? It's the ebb and flow of watching West Indies. Before this series started, I said to Harmy that I thought West Indies were favourites for this series, and after the first two games, I was waiting for Harmy to come in for, for the fourth game to laugh in his face. <laughs> but um, going into the going into the decider, I think um, England have found. I don't. I don't know how England have done it. But they seem to have found something that clicks. I still don't think England necessarily know what their best side is, particularly with the ball. Um, but clearly West Indies have an issue with the ball, which is a deeper issue than, um, than England. And I think if you any T20 side in any form of cricket, whether internationally, franchise, if you can't take wickets in the power play and you've got very ropey death bowling, you're probably going to lose. Nine times out of ten, unless the other side is an absolute stinker. And it's kind of been a perfect storm as West Indies have struggled, England have found their own mojo. But um, I still think this is fundamentally two flawed sides, but England are certainly in a better shape than West Indies.
2: West Indies gone against the method that seemed to uh, suit them quite well in the first two matches, especially with the bowling. I mean, they went with five bowlers in the first two matches. I mean, it was an aberration that giving up 223, that just shouldn't have happened, should it?
3: No, and I think if, if, if England win that final game, we'll go back to that third one and say once West Indies couldn't defend 223 and England won, England got the momentum. I don't know where you all stand on the idea of momentum being massive in sport, but it's certainly, if you go back to the kind of pictures from that win, it meant a lot to Phil Salt and Harry Brook to, to chase that down and, in this fourth um, T20 today, you just sense that England had a bit about them. West Indies at no point had this game under control, um, and it's going to take an awful lot for them to turn it around. Uh, uh, they can't call new players in, so they're going to have to. They're going to have to hope that Romario Shepherd is fit. I could never really, can't believe I ever would get to this point in my life. <laughs> where that's where I'm at.
4: I think the, when you look at the where for me the, the cent- there's a big key factor here from a West Indies point of view if they wanted to win the series and he's been expensive in this series but he's took wickets and that's Alzari Joseph I think he would have got wickets on that surface I think he would have bowled in an area where it wouldn't have been as easy for England to find the boundary at at will as the way they did and to not have him in a deciding game that could be a a huge loss. The the fact that the West Indies have used five bowlers in the first two games I think are largely down to the fact that they were fit they were strong and as the series is played over the course of every other day, the likes of Russell who hasn't bowled a great deal in cricket, never mind in any any in any format of cricket to keep going back to the well every two days to bowl intense spells of four overs, I think that's catching up mm. I think also Holder is catching up I think the, the fact that they didn't have that new ball bowler in the last couple of games which I think has been massively evident because of Butler getting 50 in both games and Sol getting 100 in both games I think that is something where England have capitalised on and I also think England have found that formula at the top of the order which gives them the base the concrete base to the likes of Livingston to come and, and play the way he has done in the last in the last couple of games so I think all in that when you talk about momentum or the shift and just look at little key key areas that the West Indies have really really struggled possibly because they've had games in short space of times and their aging bodies are getting older and England are, are starting to sort of get their ducks in a row and find out which is the best, best formula to have. Uh, let's head out to the middle, Sam with the West Indies skipper
2: Rodman Powell.
5: Yeah yeah pretty difficult you know it was an exhibition of six and an exhibition of pure power from the English guys yeah, no, but it was, it was good to watch you know it's just unfortunate that it was against us is there anything you can do though in that situation if you were to to do it all again? Anything you could have done differently? I think to be honest, we we could have done a few things differently. We didn't for the second game in a row. We didn't go to the to our to our change-ups, to our cutters, to our yarkers. you know. And for the second game in a row, that let us down.
6: And then with the bat, it, your, the intent was pretty simple, wasn't it? Was it? It's simple. as from ball one, we're going to try and hit every ball for six if we to get close to this.
5: Yeah, definitely. If you're going to get close to to 216 or T20 game, you have to go helter skelter from ball one or ball two. You know, but having said that, the guys made a, a good attempt. You know, if it was 230, I think we we could
6: have got it. Does this now give your side a real, a real challenge to show a little bit of character to be two up, two two? Do you guys have to really regroup now and and go again? And what would you look to say to your boys in the next couple of days?
5: Yeah, just proper execution. I think the energy today was pretty flat, you know, but Terza provides an opportunity for us to get it right.
6: And just for you, on a, on a personal level, uh, an RPL contract today, that always must be a, a pretty proud moment for you, given the size of the competition. And you went for a few quid as well, didn't you?
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of hard work I've been in behind closed doors. You know, a lot of hard work putting in international cricket, and it's good to see it's paying dividends now.
2: Yes, uh, Sam Ellis speaking with Rovman Powell, the West Indies uh, captain, following their 75-run defeat against England. A defeat which has, uh, well, it means they're set up absolutely beautifully. The one-day series, one-all going into that final match, and now the T20 series, two apiece going into the final game, which we were bringing you here on TalkSport 2 on Thursday night. Uh, We get underway at 5 p.m. And also on the TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel. We're getting a bit of clog. Uh, uh, In the chat box, there's uh, some people not too happy. at Some of the commentary, they think that possibly we were celebrating the England win a little bit too much.
7: (laughs) We could not have celebrated West (laughs) Indies batting anymore. It was one of the most entertaining things we have ever seen. Exactly. Thank you, Jared. (laughs) Um, And I'm Australian, so I I, I, I take great offense at that.
2: You must have dual... uh, Nationality? No. Oh, Just no. Australian? Let's not talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> and also, I'm not sure. Anyway, we'll talk, we'll talk yeah. to lawyers later. Okay. Anyway, uh, Phil Salt has been named uh, the, ma- the player of the match in darkness uh, for the second game in a row. How impressed have you been, by the way? Um, he didn't uh, have a day to remember behind the stumps. Uh, he was uh, on keeping duty in place of, of Joss Butler. But Michelle was talking about momentum, I'm not sure I believe in momentum mm. but I do believe in confidence mm. and Phil Salt today looked like a confident cricketer
4: Yeah he did, uh, form, form and confidence is, is huge when you're going in you're seeing the, seeing the ball the size of as what Phil Salt is when he's batting, he didn't quite see it when he was, when he was keeping but I thought, the, I, thought, I thought somebody might have done him a favour and, and took the gloves off him you know, whether there was a, obviously a decision made right at the top but haven't spent the time he did. I think that showed in his in his keeping. But forty, twenty-five, hundred and nine, hundred and nineteen so far in this in this series, I think that's a great return from somebody who was playing for his place in the World Cup. From somebody who probably had the the, the sort of the pressure on the shoulders of getting into this twenty twenty team. Now Jason Roy and Alex Hales and all these you know, big hitters of of previous years and successful years have gone. I think for me he's really come of age in the last couple of games. And we said that during the the, the fifty overs competition. Uh, and the the, the 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 job of needing a, a big strike rate in the power player, not bothered if you go on, has now turned into you know, the all round package that has got the big strike rate. He goes through the power player and now he's learning how to go on and for me as a young player you only have to do it once and you realise what it takes. This, this is my big bugbear about, about a lot of young bowlers learning how to get five wickets in first-class cricket when they go into test matches. Because if you learn how to get, learn how to get four, five, six and seven wickets, I mean, I'm just speaking from a bowler's point of view, then the, 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 when it comes to the next time, it becomes easier and it becomes easier. And all of a sudden, Phil Salt has gone from 40 off 20, 20 balls and talked about as somebody who has got a huge amount of potential with a great strike rate, short innings, to then go and get in 100 or 50, 109 or 56 balls and then realizing, wow, I can do this. I know how to do this. I know how to go from 40 to 60. I know how to go from 60 to 100. And he's done it again. And for me, that is brilliant. Two highlights so far in this tour from a young player's point of view, because take Adil Rashid out of it because he's brilliant. But Rhianna Ahmed, for me, and Phil Salt in this series have really have really showed that the England selectors, that, they've, that their performance has gone that just one level above. Uh, it's real nitpicking. Uh, but,
2: Jared, we're not going to see John Turner now, are we?
7: <laughs> it does bother me a little bit. I know it's a silly thing, but I, 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 that we said at the start of the show, I don't know what their theory is. I don't think they've played the best side and I don't think they've experimented that much. So I kind of feel a little bit... Maybe awkward is wrong. But just like, do they know exactly what they wanted to get out of this series? And maybe they came in wanting the best side then they lost anyway so they just... They tried something else. But yeah. um, I don't know what John Turner looks like. He could be in this room right now for all I know.
4: I know what he looks like because we had him on the Critic Collective just before he (laughs) went out. He's a lovely young man. um, Little lad who speaks you know, very, very quietly, um, who's got huge potential when it comes to bowling. But to you, Jared, and the point you've just made there, do you think during the three ODIs in the first two T20s, you, you, where you've just described the England selection, do you think that's the way England have played as well up until these last two games?
7: You mean just messy?
4: Just messy. yeah. yeah. Just just not knowing what they're trying to do or not yeah. knowing what game plans they're trying to deck, Not executing the plan because they're not sure... Is this the right way to go?
7: I, I think Monty said it best that like, they didn't become a bad team. Like, like, they went into the World Cup second favourite, right? And, and suddenly, obviously, they've lost all these games, and, and I understand all of that. But I don't see a lot wrong with the way they've been playing. Uh, it's more a combination of they had some weaknesses and they had some bad form. And this looked more like the England that we had always seen, right? And, and I know it's still there. and. Even during that World Cup, I was still sort of waiting for it to come together. And, you know, we, we talk about how many games does uh, is it? Um, your, your team is Newcastle? Mm. Is that, how, many, yeah. how many games? Newcastle play 39 games? A year? 38 games a season. So they play 38 games. I, I follow the Denver Nuggets. They play 82 games. We go Major League Baseball. It's more again, right? We look at these little form dips as, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. But actually, a World Cup isn't that many games. There's nothing wrong with the way that England... Uh, were going into it strategically before. It's just none of their batters made any runs, right? Yeah. And sometimes that's the hardest thing when you're working with your cricket side. You would have done this before. Where you, did, you look around the change room and you've got, I don't know, Di Venuto and, and Chandra Paul
4: and David Boone or whatever and, and Durham's losing. And you're like, how
7: are we not making any runs? Look at this, this line-up.
4: Yeah, I get that. And I, to go on and uh, to follow on from your point and to pick up on what you've been saying and aware that the England World Cup, England's World Cup side went away from what their plan A was for six and a half seven years when Milan went into to open a baton for six months and now you look at the last two games the way England have performed and the way England have played you'd say Jared they've gone back to what's makes them the great side which is the power at the top having somebody in the middle order that can hold the innings together and then being explosive at the end that's what England so for me it's not about the player it's about the it's about the plan and it's about the execution of the plan. And I think for six months before the World Cup and then into that, the, the, the three T20s, so the three one-day series that's been here, I think the execution of the plan has completely changed to what met England the great side. The, the minute
7: Milan was not batting at number four, which he should have been doing to replace Morgan if they wanted to f- to follow their old template, I think you're right. And if you look at this... You know they have certainly gone back to what we think of as the best of English T Twenty cricket, right? And and you know it, they're playing better cricket. Mash is about to come on and say that oh, the yeah, West I'm Indies a, are not very good. I'm a, so but no, 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 no.
3: I, but I am. But I am about to throw a spanner in the works here, because when everybody comes to listen to Game Five live and exclusive on Talksport, um, when when they do that, say West Indies win that game, does everything you two have just said? become redundant if West Indies win that game so I can have my West Indies perspective of what's going on in this series and if West Indies were to suddenly win everyone's going to try and twist the narrative to uh, it's coming along nicely Sammy's got a plan so on and so forth if England were to lose are you going to tweak some of what you're saying
4: not for me if the West Indies play better cricket than England for me at this minute in time England have played the way they should be playing and they started in the first game where you say the batting was nearly there they got to the second game and yeah you could argue that they didn't have the plan that they had for games three and games four for me the the reason why England haven't performed in this series was largely down to the ball But but I want England to have the plan to bat the way they've batted in these 20 overs in the last two games and stick to that, that, that game plan. The game plan, is, it's not the player, it's the game plan. Mm. And if the game plan works, then England have got far too many good players to blow everybody away because they've, they've proven that recently. I just think when the confidence is not there, whether you say confidence, momentum, or form, whatever, um, and whenever, whenever the second doubt that, then all of a sudden they don't become the dominant side that they should be. But West Indies play well, yeah. Um, um, hats off. The, the best team wins, and the best team did win them first two games. I,
7: I think if if you look at the difference here, these are both flawed teams, as as you know more than anyone. Right, we know that England is flawed on the ball, so they have to make up for that with the bat. And what we've seen in the last two games is them going all out to that old that old style of we're going to make thirty runs or twenty percent more than par. Good luck trying to make 20% more than par against us. We both know they could fail in the next stand, They could be bowled out for 80, and we've seen England do that before. If you go back to the World Cup, they were going out chipping the ball around. They weren't putting any pressure back on anyone, right? You look at the way that Phil Salt and Josh Butler have been bowling in this. They've put so much pressure back on, on West Indies. And even the other game, when they, uh, was it the second game when they failed? Um, at times, they were putting pressure back on the West Indies again in that particular in that particular one, you look at um, uh, that that middle spell when uh, when Sam Curran came in and started hitting the ball back, and Mo and Ali had to go. It's that putting that pressure back on, which is what has England at a at a period where th- this is what the other teams tell me: we
2: can't score at their rate if mm. they're going in fifth gear. Um, MV says Mash, have we got any hope? Sa, sa, sa.
3: It's a a way of saying, sir. Sir.
2: (laughs) Can the West Indies win the decider?
3: Um, (sighs) No, there's no.
2: Uh, (laughs) Peter Sumner says, excellent commentary, guys. Whilst uh, Mash tries to work out how uh, he does believe the West Indies can win, let's hear from uh, Phil Salt, who's with Sam (laughs) Emery. Sam (laughs) Emery is my friend. Sam (laughs) Ellard, as is Sam (laughs) Ellard.
6: Phil, uh, another day, another 100, a second T20 International 100 in the space of a couple of days how proud are you of another pretty incredible achievement phil
0: yeah i'm, I'm, I'm very happy um you know obviously i'm more happy that it contributed to a win you know a 2-0 down the series to pull it back to 2-all i feel like we're really hitting our stride now and you know it gives the boys a lot of confidence and momentum to take into the decider
6: talk me through your innings though did you feel a million dollars after your innings the other day did it feel like the ball was looking like a beach ball did you feel in great touch right from the off after yesterday
0: uh, probably not, to be honest. It was a little bit, you know, the first ball that Ford bowled me, hit the splice in my back pretty hard. I thought, oh, this, this wicket might be slightly different. Uh, but once myself and Josh got through that sort of tricky, a couple of overs with the new ball, and it just sort of flattened out a little bit, and you know we realised that we could stick a good partnership on him.
6: I know you've got on to, to convert to hundreds, but another day, another 50 for the captain. You put on 100 again for that first wicket partnership. They say you've strong Manchester, original strong England. Now, how much are you enjoying that,
0: that relationship with Joss at the top? I think it's strong Lank's strong England. <laughs> well, both really, no? <laughs> and Livy as well with Lancashire, fair enough. Obviously yeah saw Livy today, so Lanky boys are doing it. <laughs> yeah, though, it's good batting with him, it's good bit of playing with somebody familiar. You know, Quite lucky in the ODIs, I've got Jaxi at the top, who who I know well play with in South Africa. And I've got Joss, who I play with at Lanx and uh, and Manchester Originals and here. So it's it's a big advantage to have an opening partner who, you know, I know his game inside out and and vice versa. And, you know, it, it gives you a lot of stability.
6: You said to me in Barbados, you feel as if you've got another couple of extra gears to go to as an England batsman you feel like you've left a lot of runs out there in the last year or so so how proud have you been not just to get those good starts but also you know really push on especially in a, in a time when there's a World Cup six months away
0: yeah absolutely I, I know that you know international cricket is not a uh, it's not an easy ride when you first jump in and you know there's a learning curve that you've, you've got to respect and you know I feel like I've done that I've got my head down I've worked hard and you know I've really used the tools around me so hopefully this you know this can become more of a regular occurrence
6: and the big question everybody's asking today on social media is how on earth did Phil Salt, not getting an IPL
0: contract? <laughs> it was a confusing morning to say the least, that's all I'll say. Were you following it? Uh, I followed the last bit, I followed the last bit, Ducky had it up on his iPad so we, we had a look at that. Um, but you know it's good, a lot of our lads got picked up which was good.
6: I know you just won a game of cricket for England but were you, were you disappointed today or is it kind of just part and parcel of being you know, franchise cricket, sometimes you get picked, sometimes you don't?
0: It's part and parcel of it, you know, with auctions and drafts and that sort of a process. You know, it can be a lottery at times. And, you know, for some people it's worked out. I was talking to Riley Rousseau today. It's going to be a very good Christmas round his house. <laughs> he's, in, he's in the same next boat. Beers on him next time <laughs> you see him, yeah? <laughs> Absolutely, I've told him that. Um, but, you know, it's part and parcel of the, the lottery that it is. And just finally, um, we know it's been a tough couple
6: of months for the boys. Um, you've executed your skills well but the fight that you guys have shown is 2-2 going going into the last game how proud are you of of all the fight you guys have shown after a a tricky couple of months there's a lot about the character of this team right?
0: so proud, we've we've got bags of character in that dressing room Um, you know it's not been easy you know Obviously been on the wrong end of a few results and then the schedule, you know, it's, it's not as easy as it can look sometimes from the outside for this group to pull together in the way that we have. Um, and, you know, now we've got a decider to look forward to in a couple of days time. So, you know, I take my hat off to the rest of the boys.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Sam Ellard
2: uh, with uh, Phil Salt, the player of the match. He uh, ended up with 119, the highest score uh, in England's uh, T20 history. Um, and uh, copyright to, to Matt Roller for that uh, comment about a strong Manchester region, <laughs> a strong England. Uh, guys, we're just about to wrap up here on uh, TalkSport 2 and on the TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel. Uh, a quick word about your thoughts looking to that final match, which is, of course, a decider. Michelle, you've had a couple of minutes to, to collect, to compose and come up with a uh, reasoning why West Indies will win that game.
3: They'll bowl. Sorry, they, they will chase. That's inevitably what they will try to do, and they just have to try and take wickets. Ultimately, if West Indies can find a way to take wickets in the power play, I think they win. If they can get into England and take two or three wickets up front, then I think England are put under pressure from there, and West Indies will win the Series 3-2. Uh
7: Yeah, it's been a messy series, so I'm not sure I would put my money on either side. I, England were quite short today, I thought. <laughs> Um, they've obviously gone on to play very well, but you know, uh, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's as much between these sides. They're very very weak. So uh, I don't know based on the law of averages, I'd go with the West Indies just for fun. Yeah, I
4: agree. I don't think you can predict what's going to happen. I think both sides have made mistakes and, and have gone from confident side to non confident side, and they've gone vice versa. So from that vo- that point of view, I think the team that is. Yeah, you know, in the ascendancy is England, so I'm going to back England and back my boys. Thank you
2: very much, Steve Harmison, Jared Kimber, Michelle, uh, St Patrick Hewitt, and also Monty Panesar. We'll be back uh, with the big man, Alex Tudor, for live and exclusive coverage of that uh, decider. Uh, we get underway at 7:30 on Talksport Two. So make sure you join us then. <laughs> This is clubbed by Phil Salt. That's an incredible shot.
4: On that, a man who has just got 109 or 56 balls less than two years ago. England that
2: finished the power play in good form and in good position. 68 without loss. Four more to England and Phil Salt reaches 50 from just 23 deliveries. Butler goes big again. And this is an even better shot. But he just frees the arms and that is a clean hit to bring up 15 but when it comes to joss butler i've got to say you know he is really you know the ms Dhoni of english cricket he is unbelievable there's a crease again butlers are through with a shot there's a shout of catching from powell who catches it himself but long on And Butler's Innings comes to an end.
3: This game is getting way out of hand for the West Indies. And England are in dreamland. And this is another century for Phil Salt. He moves to 100 not out of 48 balls. Back-to-back centuries. He lets out a a primal scream of delight. That's the best six of them all. That goes several rolls back. Way over deep mid-wicket. And Livingston has gone six, six, six. And Salt down on the slob sweep. This is...
2: And you know the rest. Phil Salt's masterful knock comes to an end, and England lose their third. 2 4 6 for 3. And that's 50 for Liam Livingstone from just 20 deliveries. Another incredible knock. And where has this England team been hiding? Biggest score by
3: England, biggest score in the West Indies, and the fifth biggest score in the history of T20 International. Moen Ali to start off against Brandon King, and gone first ball, Brandon King is out, Ali in again, and Puran goes again, can you believe it? But clearly Mayers is going after every single ball, West are prepared to lose wickets in game for this it would appear top it again and Mayers just well he just leans into it, leans into it and pulls it over, long off for six, Puran doesn't want to hang about here in terms of, he, well well that's just brilliant, that's just brilliant, pitched up Slightly there by Chris Wolks. And Puran just deposits that straight back over Wolks' head for six. Into Nicholas Puran. I think that's going to be out. It's gone high. Who's underneath it? It's a fantastic catch. It's Harry Brook who's underneath it running in. This time Holmgren glorious. Glorious. And uh, this is pouch behind the stumps by Joss Butler.
2: Hope's are frustrated with himself. He's got to go for 16. Of all the sixes that have been hit today... That one has sounded sweeter than any other, and it is a flown off the bat of Andre Russell. 120 for five, and we haven't even had nine overs. On the reverse, and he's hit in front, and the finger goes up in the commentary box from Harmison, The umpire agrees. One ball left of uh, Ray Ahmed's second over. He's gone for 29. He's picked up the wicket, and holder goes big. He targets mid-wicket. And Red Ahmed has picked up two wickets in two balls.
3: Ahmed's actually on the hat-trick here, and he may get one. No, he's not going to get one there because (laughs) Andre Russell has just blasted him about 15 rolls back. A
2: top edge is taken by Baruch, and Russell's innings and the West Indies comes to an end, and England have absolutely smashed them.